Dum Dum Away! Zero, zero, one, one, zero, 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 one, zero, one, zero, one, 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 Welcome to Screen Review Time Warp. I'm Tyson. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. And this is where we discuss the past, present, and future of all things TV and movies. And today, we are joined by a very special guest. Very special. Adam Dixon from Surviving the Apocalypse, The Nerds Way, another mm. little podcast in our neck of the woods. Hello, Say hi. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Oh, you know, we're lovely. We're lovely. Yeah, yeah pretty good day. <laughs> So we decided that what we might do is that every few episodes or so we'll get someone else in just to get, spice things up a bit and maybe talk about something different. And so uh, we asked Adam to come along and uh, he kindly said yes. And also, as I said, you should check out their podcast, Surviving the Apocalypse, The Nerds Way, where our very own Andrew was a guest recently. I was a guest and it was lots of fun. That. Lots of lots of fun. It was pretty fun. It was random, terrifying, mainly because there were <laughs> clowns involved that tried to eat your face. Um, it was good. Speaking of which, uh, today we're going to be talking about it, so we'll get into that in a second, but in the meantime, let's start off in our time machine. In the past, uh, I want to bring a, an old movie, one that is dearly loved by me, but apparently I'm discovering online, that's not a sentiment that's held all the way around, uh, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> not even a little. Hudson Hawk, uh, 1991, it was written and stars Bruce Willis. Written, honestly. And um, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Calm your farm, all of you. I really enjoyed this movie. It's a... Now, here's the thing. It's If you look on IMDb, it is classed as a action-slash-adventure-slash-comedy. And that could, apart from the comedy part, could not be further from the truth. Mm. There is a bit of action in it. Uh, there's a bit of gunfights and... Just but, it's, but when it was pretty much marketed as action? Yeah. Mm. No, it's it's not like it's it is very much a comedy, and it's also the way you can describe it is you take slapstick and you dial it up to eleven. Yeah, was Bruce Willis a part of the writing team on that or something? Uh yes, yes. yes. So yeah, he wrote right. it. Yeah. He so wrote it, yeah. basically, the the general story of the whole thing is that um Bruce Willis plays uh, Eddie, and he is the world world's best cat burglar, basically. And it starts off he gets out of prison, and his parole officer immediately tries to set him up to. Robin Art House. Yeah, straight uh, sorry, He hasn't auction, even made it out to prison mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, no, he yeah. literally isn't <laughs> even out, out the door. Walking out the door, yet. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's collected his things and the parole officer is already saying, oh, look, you do this one job and you have to, never have to check in again, anything like that. And it, it evolves from there where he's stealing like a Leonardo da Vinci sculpture. And as all great, you know, art heists go, it's all about Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci and his inventions and what he had. <laughs> of and course. Everything. Um, so yeah, it kind inventor. of spirals out of there. He... He gets involved with, let's see, the CIA are involved, um, a multi-billionaire, uh, the Mayflowers, which is an excellent performance by, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember him now. Richard someone. Richard E. Grant. I was going to say Richard um, Simmons, but that would be Richard really Simmons. weird. <laughs> that would be very weird. That, um, that might have probably given a better Metacritic sort, to be uh, uh, honest. Look, so it's got a Metacritic of 17. Um, that's a bit but it, like, that's so bad. I think the reason that's it's generous. Got, yeah, I think the reason it's got that score, it is very slapstick. Yeah, it's very, super, super slapstick. Yeah, and I think like, that's the reason why. Because, like I said, I hadn't seen it. Like one so guy I watched loses... it a couple of weeks ago, and I was yeah. just like, "This is a hard pill to swallow." Oh, I love <laughs> it. It's it. too it's like much one, for me. One guy loses his head, and Bruce Willis immediately goes, "Well, I guess he won't be attending that hat convention in oh, July." Oh, stop, no. Tyson. It's a slight. Oh, no, my science. Okay, so. It's Bruce Willis in the most un-Bruce Willis role yeah. of his entire career. 
but it is such a feel-good movie. And mm-hmm. it's like him and his partner, they don't use stopwatches to rob anything. They they sing songs. So they're like robbing yeah. the auction house, singing Swinging on a Star, and they know that when they get to the chorus, they should be here and etc. It's <sighs> very jazzy, very, very slapstick. He tries to get a cappuccino and can't get one for the entire movie yeah. at all. <laughs> always gets this was, hand, this yeah. came out after Die Hard, didn't it? Uh, it came it out in 91. Yeah. When oh, was so same year? Been, Die Hard same was... year? No. No, I think a year after, maybe? No, Die Hard was 80s. 80s, yeah. Was it? Well, it was 80s, The yeah. very first one, yeah. But Die Hard in, was like 80s. It is in prime I think Bruce Willis career. Like, maybe... Die Hard, 1988. And, but Die Hard 2. Die also. Hard 2, 1990. So a year go. after Die Hard 2. So he was already mm-hmm. kind of like up-and-coming star, well-established. Yeah. 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 Seems pretty... I don't know. It just feels like maybe this was an idea he had at the back of his mind that he just wanted to make just for the fun of it. Because yeah. watching some of the scenes, there is... N- they, this movie does not take itself seriously at all. Not no. even a little no. bit. Not even. Like, it's... I wouldn't say... Like, it's definitely... You can say it's in that category of it's so bad, it's good. Mm. But for no. me personally, I didn't... I, didn't, I think well, there's I, the I, medium. I, I, yeah, I, di- I didn't find it enjoyable. I was more oh. cringing when I was watching it. Yeah, I was I the same. I was it. like, oh, no. I loved it. I loved it a bit. It's such a feel-good movie. Yeah. It and it really does not take itself seriously at all. It's like there's a whole scene where he's being he's been captured in an ambulance and he gets kicked out, and so he's riding the gurney through the Brooklyn Bridge, yeah, and he's like, there. someone tosses wow. him a cigarette, and he's like, oh, it's menthol flavored, and oh then they're gosh. like trying to shoot him, and he's like, oh no, a toll booth, exact change, so he has to like reach in his pocket and like throw the exact change while he's taking this gurney through. High speed traffic, like which it's is not just... controllable, by the way. You oh yeah, not it's at like all. controlling a Don't rocket. Try this at you home. can't do it. It's just <laughs> unless you want to. And there's an explosion. He's like, "Are you guys all right?" And just look, I love it. Yeah, no, no, clearly good. none of you do. But yeah. well, it's just well, I you mean, gotta look at when it yeah. came. Sorry, I have it's this true. little thing called taste. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that's the last time we ever got Adam on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Adam. See you. You lasted four minutes. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's actually pretty good from what I was expecting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, look, I really like it. If you do like a comedy that mm. very much doesn't take itself seriously, it's also, yeah. I will say this as well, it's very clean humour. Yeah, it's it no, is. It is yeah, okay. Like, like, like I would feel, here. okay, so it, it's got language in it. Yeah. Um, but well, what if movie you, doesn't now? Especially back in the well, 80s. Well, it's true. But yeah. if, if you removed the language, so obviously language means you can't show it to kids, but if you remove that, there is nothing else yeah. in there that would be inappropriate for children. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you look at when it came out, there was all the Ace Ventura, the mask, all that All that was out at that time. Mm. So that humor, I can see what he was trying to cash in on yeah. Yeah, and okay. what he was trying to do. He's just not do. Jim Carrey. He, he, yeah, yeah he's not Jim Carrey. And comedic he, like, timing is somewhat important. Yeah, yes. like we all said, it's a very un-Bruce Willis role. Yeah. Very much yeah. so. Definitely, definitely. Very, very much so. so but no, it, to each their own. Yeah. yeah. And uh, clearly that's uh, just for my own. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Adam, yes. what are you going to bring to the table from the past? Well, Ooh. this is my favourite all-time series of movies and singular movie and sequel and sequel, sequel. It's yeah. fantastic. Super extended oh, editions. Oh, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Mm, uh, okay. Brilliant. So good. Yeah. It's my favourite series of all times. Mainly, so, there's such a labour of love, especially okay. from like Peter Jackson and everything. Yes. He... He works so hard on this. Yeah. yeah. Especially like going through some of the research, you know, trying to beef up my knowledge so I sound awesome on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why don't you start by, just in case there's someone out there who has no idea what Lord of the Rings is, mm-hmm. brief rundown of the, what, 12, 16 hours of cinema. 
Mm. I can, yes, of course I can. But firstly, I'd say welcome to Earth, because uh, obviously you aren't from here. Yep. Um, <laughs> you don't know Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is about um, is about a hobbit, essentially, a very short person yep. who gets this thing called the One Ring, uh, and he has to go on a mission to this dark and dreary place called Mordor uh, to throw this ring into a volcano. Now, I know this may sound like a bore, however, it is one of the most enthralling pieces of cinema in the history of mankind. I would agree with that. Indeed. It's, yeah, it's very good. Oh, I know, it's right? Very good. So I've got some interesting little facts in there. Oh, yeah, cool. go, go on. Shoot. All righty. So, firstly, uh, Miramax was the first production company okay. to own, oh, hold the rights, if you will, yep. to that's, Lord of the Rings. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah actually. Considering, oh. like, the rights, like, Lord of the Rings was massive, like, yeah. when, even when J.R. Tolkien wrote it, like, what, back in the 30s or whatever. Yeah, huge. Like, a small cinema company such as Miramax having it, that's quite surprising. Miramax owned a lot of things. They were, like, the big name. Back then, they oh, were. Yeah, 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 especially in the 90s as well. They were hey, huge. Miramax, so they ran into a bit of conflict uh, with Peter Jackson. And because uh, they wanted to make it a two-part movie, okay. And can you imagine? Uh, yeah, as in, I'll, I'll as in like all three books, books into yep. two. Okay. Oh no, it gets worse. All right. Um, <laughs> so it's like the inverse of the Hobbit, essentially. What's about to happen? Oof. Yep. So uh, after Peter Jackson's like, no, I don't think that's going to work, and especially yeah. they sent like scouting a- uh, scouting agents off to New Zealand to mm-hmm. get his like costings and things like that. Came back to about 150 million dollars for each movie, mm. and Miramax is just like, yeah, now nah, make it into one movie. So they were going to combine characters like Eowyn and Arwen. Uh, they were going to cut uh, Merry and Pippin and all these other little fun oh, things. Uh, so three books, massive wow. books into one movie instead of, you know, a one tiny book, children's book into three long drawn out movies. Can you, can you even imagine that happening? Uh, it like, was from what we've seen. Cannot. Oh my God. Dreadful. Um, so uh, filming began on, mm-hmm. like it was like, rather principal photography and everything began 11th October, 1999. Oh. So all the way back then. All right, good fun. So for the record, Fellowship of the Ring came out 2001. Yep. yep. Yes. Uh, I love the way that they actually did all this, to be yep. honest. Um, but I love the production of this. Mm-hmm. For instance, 48,000 pieces of armor were specifically crafted for Lord of the Rings. That's crazy. Wow. 500 bows. Wow. 10,000 arrows. <laughs> and this is my little favorite part. 1,800 pairs of Hobbit feet yep. um, were crafted for this. And you know what? This, this actually... that. Stat right there is one of the reasons I love the Lord of the Rings. Like, apart from the fact mm. that it is a brilliant story, mm-hmm. it's the fact that the production value of Lord of the Rings is so oh, yeah. high, oh, and yeah. it it really look. I might be I might be misinformed here, but as far as I can remember, it kind of sets the stage to show, hey, high budget, high fantasy yeah. mm-hmm. people like, and they will pay to mm-hmm. see. And of course, Lord of the Rings is a huge um, property, and mm-hmm. it was going to be successful anyway. But I. I would dare say that something like Game of Thrones would not exist if oh, it definitely. wasn't for this the success the of yeah. the yeah, high definitely. production value of that. Yeah, but yeah. It shows you totally. that the production team were like, we're going to go through a couple of these, so let's not be stupid yeah. and over get what we need to yeah. get. Yeah. Over so it just shows that they knew what they were. Yeah. <laughs> well, 19,000 costumes and everything. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, 1,828 kilometers of film was Whoa. reduced. To Sorry, how, how many kilometers? One thousand eight hundred and twenty-eight kilometers Flip. worth wow. of film. Wow, I feel so sorry for the editor. Yeah, That's and crazy. it was edited down to eleven hours and twenty-three minutes. Oh, the, wow. the extended running time. Uh, so fun little bits. Uh, so let's have a look here. 
the awards for the three films, 30 Academy Award nominations. Yeah. Wow. Highest of all. 17 wins. Entirely oh. deserved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, the only reason why they didn't get more is some very strange rules in regards to, like, where it came to Two Towers, for instance. So the first, <clears throat> my apologies, dying on the inside, uh, The Fellowship oh, of the Ring had 13 nominations and four wins. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Cinematography, makeup, score, visual effects, uh, things along those lines. Yeah. Uh, mm. Two Towers, however, had only six nominations and two wins. Yep. Yeah. Now, there's some rules with, uh, well, there were some rules with uh, the Oscars. The Academy the changes Awards. everything every year. Oh, I know, right? The Academy seems like it. Because they couldn't have <laughs> Honestly. certain aspects of the previous film coming into a sequel that yep. will disqualify the film. However, yep. they changed the rules for Return of the King and they walked away the clean sweep, 11 yeah. nominations, 11 wins. Yeah. It wow. was awesome. Which is the highest but of all just, time. Yeah. Titanic and Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, mm-hmm. has any other movie done that? Yeah. 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 But it just, it just shows you that one year they won a lot, second year, I don't know, well, they can't win again for the same thing. Mm-hmm. By the third year, we've got to let them win no. because yeah. they're the best. My favourite scene that probably got the most emotionally, emotionally, uh, emotionally <laughs> evocative response yeah. was when the Rohirrim were coming up the horse from yeah, Rohan, yeah, the yeah, horsemen from yeah. the horse Sorry. people. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. The well, centaurs! <laughs> the people who breed horses, mm-hmm. they sit on top of the horses. They are not horse people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the Rohirrim, um, they charge for three days, three nights to get to yeah. Minas Tirith, and they get there, and Theoden King gives this yeah. amazing, rousing speech, and the visual effects of this is like the camera's panning back, and you've got that amazing mm. score by yeah. uh, Howard, Howard Shaw, yep. uh, and it's... I was on the edge of my seat as they're yeah. charging towards the Orcish yeah. Hordes. I'm just what like, was, yeah. when the this, sunlight comes. Yeah, what was it that Gandalf said? Look to the east at first. No, no, light. that's um, no, no, that's Minas. Uh, sorry, that's Helm's Deep. That's, Helm's Deep. Sorry, that's two towers. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's so good. Gosh, get your twelve hours of cinema. That is my favorite horse scene. No, them all running down the hill. Anything with Rohan is the best. Um, so, uh, critical response because unlike uh, what was it? Sorry, Howard Hawk. Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk. Sorry, Howard. dreadful. I just had to ban this from my mind. Howard the Duck. Uh, so, oh, for Fellowship, don't Howard start, the Duck. Don't start. <laughs> So, Fellowship of the Ring has a 91% uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes. With yep. a, what was uh, Hudson Hawk again for Metacritic? Just keep going. Yeah, uh, a 92 on Metacritic. Wow. Yeah. Uh, 86 on Rotten Tomatoes for Two Towers, mm-hmm. with a Metascore, uh, Metacritic score of 86. Mm-hmm. Return of the King had a Rotten Tomatoes score of 80. Sorry, 95%. Yeah, it deserves it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, Return of the King is amazing. Yeah, Man. great way to finish. Oh, it's so epic. I think that's really the definition of all the Lord of the Rings films. They just really epic in scale and realized so beautifully through i think the cinematography as well you've got those typical peter jackson long just yeah. um, extreme yeah. wide pans of the mm. new zealand environment and just the battles and pushing the boundaries mm-hmm. with cgi honestly mm, yeah the first well, time it I was, was amazing it was had, essentially an episode an advert for new, uh, new zealand yeah. oh andy circus <laughs> yeah, yeah oh. that type of stuff was amazing like, i remember yeah. they seeing, had to also sorry go on. i remember seeing a behind the scenes footage of andy circus wearing his big green suit and everything mm-hmm. and he yeah. had to because, you know, New Zealand's quite cold and everything. Yeah. Mm. He had to do many takes where he was trying to catch the fish in mm-hmm. the water and, like, rolling through the stream and stuff. He had to do number and number of takes, and it was freezing, yeah. freezing cold. Yeah. But he was just like... Yeah. Just but, like, that's the dedication of these actors. Yeah. And, the way, like, Peter Jackson put such amazing things in here. So I'm just going to give you a couple of quick facts, right? Yeah. So Gandalf, Ian McKellen, uh, to Ian McKellen, my goodness, yeah. my apologies. Uh, okay, he yeah. wanted to... Sorry... He often remarked of the isolation that's often experienced yeah. because he's often having to film alone and he's added in in it's post. Yeah. yeah. So gotcha. he hated doing The Hobbit and he hated doing scenes like because he had no one to work with, no one to bounce off. Yeah. Uh, so Viggo Mortensen, who plays uh, Aragon, yeah. uh, he broke his foot or broke his toes, sorry, in The Two Towers. 
Okay. Uh, when he discovers that Mary Pippin, they try and catch up. He discovers the burning pile of corpses, essentially. Yep. Yeah. And he kicks a helmet and breaks his toe. Whoops. Um, <laughs> so he breaks his toe. That shot where he breaks his toe and the scream that ensues is actually mm-hmm. in all takes. That's okay. in all of them. Huh. Uh, no. Christopher Lee wanted to play Gandalf, uh, but was knocked back. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was Get displeased down. with Peter Jackson due to the amount of screen time that Saruman had. Gotcha. And, uh, Source material. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings was the first film fantasy. Uh, sorry, the first uh, fantasy film to win Best Picture Award. It was, yep. Yep. Oh, uh, wow. It is the number five of the highest grossing film franchises, including The Hobbits, yep. um, in all of film history. Yep. And, uh, yeah. They're fun. also rated... Uh, all three films are within the top 15 oh, films. The IMDb yeah. of IMDb's top, list. Yeah. Yep. Of all time? Uh, top of all time, in, in this order. 11, 15, and 8. Yep. Wow. So, Fellowship of the Ring, 11, and 2000. What's number yep. one? Uh, number one is Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, then, really? Then Goodfellas, yep. and then uh, something good, else. Uh, the no, no, sorry, Godfather. And Godfather 2, and hmm? then The Dark Knight, yeah. and then went on. Funnily enough, the two, highest, sorry, the two highest grossing films of all time is uh, Avatar, uh, like singular films, yep. Yep. Avatar and Titanic, both yep. written and directed by James Cameron. James Cameron, yeah. that's right. All right, very good. Well, Lord of the Rings, I, I for one, would definitely recommend that. Yeah. It's if like, you haven't seen it yet, what the hell? It, also, know, it doesn't right? matter if you don't like fantasy. These yeah. films are just... It's a good just, story. So the story, epic. exactly. Yeah. The story by themselves yeah. is just fantastic. Yeah. All right, well... And back acting's in the, great. Oh, outstanding. Back in the time machine, moving forwards. Uh, Andrew, what are you bringing for us? From the past, I'm bringing the movie called Fury. Fury. Directed nice. by David Ayer, yeah. also the uh, man known for Suicide Squad and End of, End of Watch. Yep, that's End correct. End of Watch, yes. He does a lot of... Um, I want to say, say good, good action movies. Uh, yeah. Good, good getting in there with the actors. Good, good very yeah. much grounded. All of his stories yeah. that he's written, you know, like you got Training Day. Yeah. Um, they're all very. Oh, he grounded. did Training Day. Well, he, wrote, he wrote Training Day. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. All, that had a great story. They're all mm. very grounded, all very gritty, I feel yeah. like. Mm. Yeah, so Fury is about a. It's a World War II story mm. about these group of men that live and work in a tank. Mm-hmm. So they're a battalion of tanks and they're more or less one of the last ones. This is when they go back to Germany, when the war's kind of wrapping up. So they go in there to fight the Germans and Hitler's like, I think he's made like martial law, like everyone has to fight. Mm-hmm. And it follows the, I think it's one. It's five. It's five, five yeah. blokes. And yeah. um, leader of the, the uh, tank is Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got Shia LaBeouf, Logan Le- Lerman. 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 Lerman, Michael Pena and John Bernthal. Yeah, great well. cast. Great cast. Mm-hmm. And they Which s- was surprising. Yeah. I mean, this is the type of movie that, uh, awoke me, if you will. Yeah, kind of. Oh, this is my favorite war movie. My, oh yeah, yeah. De- Be- like better than um, yeah. Saving Private Ryan, yep. I felt personally. Wow, but yeah, it softened I, me I towards Shia LaBeouf somewhat yeah. after all his crazy <laughs> antics. <laughs> well, I just like watching him go crazy. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can literally see a man breaking slowly. <laughs> so, I I'll be compressed. Yeah, be honest with you, I haven't actually seen. I Fury. thought you had seen this. No, one. I haven't. It oh. was one that I kind of. It didn't really interest me when I looked at it. It was only later when everyone was like, this movie was outstanding and it's yeah. not just like a, a war action Disposable. flick. Yeah. And then by that time, yeah. it had kind of already gone and it just it kind of kind of missed my radar. So, yeah. yeah so, go on. What, what else about it that really intrigues you? It, I, to me, it felt if war was a quarter of what this movie showed me, I, I'd crap my pants. It, yeah. it would be absolutely no, it's, terrifying it's what so they intense. went through. Yeah. And I heard watch the behind the scenes footage of it all. And they actually, the, all the actors went into a room mm-hmm. with some veterans from World War II that used to be driving tanks. Yep. And 
they let them share their story, but it was behind closed doors just with the actors. Mm -hmm. And they shared their stories and experiences of the war. And no one knows what was shared, Mm -hmm. but what was shared was somewhat translated into the movies. Yeah. Through the actors' performances and stuff. Yeah, it's just... And they were saying that the actors between takes, they wouldn't get out of the tank. They wouldn't go off and have food, go to the trailers. They'd all stay together as a team in the tank yeah, and cool. just camaraded with each other. Mm, that's um, just to build up some good method. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, David S. sent those five members um, actually on a boot camp before yeah. filming. Oh, yeah, they did. More than like a real intense army boot camp for yeah. them to bond together nice. and form a team. Yeah, yeah totally. Good. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so the movie's just them making their way through Germany, going from village to village, just trying to win it back slowly. Mm-hmm. And obviously it starts off with about, was it six or five tanks? Yeah, around about there. Yeah. I feel like a lot of emphasis is placed on Logan Lerman's character as well. Yeah. Because Logan Lerman, um, Lerman, sorry. He was a typist. Yeah, he was, he was a typist and then he gets assigned mm, to a tank. Exactly. Yeah. And he's he, just like, I'm a typist. Do. I'm not meant to be here. I'm meant yeah. to be working in an office. So you very mm. much see his kind of loss of innocence, um, yeah. which is very affecting because this film is so gritty. It's yeah. so mm, intense. Yeah. It's so yeah. bare bones. Very much David Ayer style. Yeah. Um, and it really kind of hits home. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Especially with the actors and how they talk to each other like there's a one scene where they've gone to a village they've won it back and then brad pitt and logan learman go up to a room they find these two ladies that they start talking to them having coffee all of that's having a nice quiet moment with two lovely ladies just enjoying the scenery and enjoying a time away from war mm-hmm. and then the rest of the tank crashing in and you know they're just they're drunk they're loud noisy they just don't have any etiquette that they've been having throughout this whole scene mm-hmm. and just the way that they converse with each other and they're talking about the stories that they've been through and they're just like why would you out us you know like we're meant to be a team mm-hmm. and then brad pitt just stands up throws his gun on the table and all of them are quiet mm-hmm. like there's lots of backstories that you still don't know the answer to but the way that they all interact with each other it's like mm-hmm. this is serious <laughs> you know so it is really good oh it's about to go down oh it's about yeah. to go down and the final the final scene is um they 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 drive over a landmine and, and their tank chain comes off so they can't go anywhere mm-hmm. and it's at a crossroads that they have to defend to yeah. stop this big army coming through mm-hmm. and yeah it's just one big battle scene with the five of them in one tank taking on talent of what like 300 yes Old SAS German uh, uh, SS SS no, no, not SAS they're the good guys yeah, <laughs> they are good, yeah. Yeah, of SS Germans and they mm-hmm. they do pretty well but unfortunately everyone dies except for the young kid which Logan I think Lehman. is very affecting though yeah, like, it is very affecting because really, you over the course of the movie you build this somewhat connection yeah and, mm. I and feel you can like feel they're all starting to become a team as well. It is. But I think that's just the the result of war. I mean, mm. I've never been in a war, but I feel like, you know, you let's build these bonds with the, yeah, let's hope you build these bond with these people, mm. but mm. then at a snap of the fingers, they can just be gone. Gone. All yeah. that friendship you've built up is gone, which is very much what this movie does. And yeah. I think if the, if a movie can translate that well, because mm. it's, it's always, it's always a bit shaky when you, and I just realized that um, I think part of the reason I didn't go and see this movie is there was another movie war base that came out mm. Um, that same year that I hated, it was I would very much class what was as it? a which was it? Yeah. American Sniper with Bradley oh, Cooper. Oh, right, okay. I would class that as a propaganda film. It was so <laughs> racist. It was so <laughs> just like we're coming in to save the day. I really did not like it. And America. the other thing, the other thing is like <laughs> your political views aside. I don't think that's a honest thing to do on screen because it's. Mm. Because, like... A good story reflects both. Was... Well, it, well, war affects people's lives. Oh, yeah. And I think there was, like, there was, for instance, some very, very gruesome deaths in that movie that did nothing more except just, like, oh, you know, a bit of character development. It's gratuitous. It was, it was, it was yeah, a Clint, some, like, Clint Eastwood movie, though. It was, yeah. And I was, I was actually really 
really disappointed in it. Mm. But anyway, um, yeah, so when you take a war movie and it translates well and people mm. are left with, hey, war is horrific and I feel that these people that I just spent uh, two hours with in, on the inside of a tank, quote mm. unquote, watching it, when you feel that loss as well and it's not done in a kind of um, uh, shallow or surface way, I think that's, that's very good of a filmmaker mm. to be able to translate that. One mm. of my friends, James, he loves this movie so much, he watches it once a month. Yeah, I love really? this. Yeah. I, I love wow. this movie so much. I mean, it's on Netflix. It's not really difficult. So. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's honestly, it I really, really recommend it. It's just mm. good. The action's good. The dialogue's mm. good. Just the way that they all convert, and they all have their own little war names as well. So, like Brad Pitt's called uh, War Daddy. War Daddy. <laughs> Sh- Shia LaBeouf is called Bible because he's always quoting Bible verses. Believes oh, in cool. Jesus. You know that uh, Brad Pitt's getting old when he's character gets cast as the father figure yeah something i just yeah, think you can tell friends i mean yeah you can tell crazy. he's he's hard hard yakka because yeah. like there's one scene where he has his shirt off but you can't see his back but then you see one of them see his back through a mirror mm. and it's just all burnt taken away like Oof. he's obviously been through something horrific mm. yep. you, you can just tell he's hard yep. hard yakka so i really really recommend it it's a great war movie mm, very better, good better than seven pro run if you ask me oh they, yeah, mm. yeah i'd yeah. agree with that all right, so that was uh, Fury, came out in uh, 2014. And uh, last on our stop through the past, uh, Zach, what have yeah. you got? Um, so Welcome I recently. Zach. Oh, Hi, Zach. <laughs> thanks, mate. Um, I rewatched Kingsman, The Secret Service. So good. Which is, which is the new name for what it was just. I'm not it wrong. Was it was just Kingsman, Kingsman when it came out originally, correct? Yeah. No, it was called Kingsman, The Secret Service. Was it? Was okay. it? It was marketed as Kingsman. I, I'm just putting this go. out there. I have not seen it. Really? What? I, I saw it. Like a marketed kind of like as a yeah. happy teen movie, and I'm just like, oh, it was what? No, no like, that, what were no, you no, watching? Not marketed, <laughs> not marketed, so to speak. More like yeah. a like for some reason in my head, that's just yeah. what got in there. I'm just okay. like, yeah. So let me know what it is about. Well, yeah. it is um written by Jane Goldman and mm. Matthew Vaughn. Now, Matthew yeah. Vaughn, if you do listen to our podcast, you will realize that Matthew Vaughn directed Stardust, um, which was yeah. discussed last week. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Matthew Stardust, Vaughn, great film. Auto directed um Kickass, the first yep. Kickass, X Men mm-hmm. First Class. Oh, right. Didn't um, he write this comic book series as well? No, that was no. Mark Miller. Mark Miller. Oh, right. oh Mark I've just discovered it's pronounced Mark Millar. Mark Millar. Mark Millar. There you go. I have been calling him Mark Miller forever yeah. and then heard it pronounced the other day and it was like Mark Millar. I was like, sorry. Who's that? <laughs> yeah, Mark Millar. Um, yeah, great the writer. synopsis of it is a spy organization recruits an unrefined but promising street kid in, into the agency's ultra competitive training program just as a global threat emerges from a twisted tech genius mm. now this stars colin firth yep um yep. brilliant yep samuel L. jackson mark strong michael kane mm. also stars um newcomer taron egerton yeah it was brilliantly in this film and this film really came out of nowhere yeah it um did. like it just yeah, really burst onto so. the scene there was no real hype surrounding it within the mainstream audience and not knowledge was no a lot of knowledge was not known around the comic mm. um and i think what this film has going for it is a it's tremendously fun, yeah, but it also has mm. such a great style to it, yeah. Um, so well, that's that's the best way to describe like, mm. style. It's just yeah, style. that is actually a perfect suits. perfect way to yeah. describe it. It is yeah. tremendously fun and it has a great style. So it's like yeah. very good. So it's Bond kind of. Well, it's very it's much very spoofy Bond. It's I mean, very, a, yeah, like like because well, I haven't seen you, that. Why don't you describe what the the Kingsman? Yeah. Ah. So the Kingsmen are essentially these British people who are they're an independent spy organization. Got the um, Queen. Yes, yep. of course. <laughs> very much. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, and the very think very stereotypical posh Brits. For example, mm. they operate out of a tailor shop. You know, very. Clean, <laughs> I do th- say that's yeah. their very fight. clean, 
clean cut hair, you know, the tailored suits, mm. use umbrellas as weapons. They've got um what have umbrellas they got? as weapons. Yeah, they've <laughs> got right. like they've got their Oxfords have knives in them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um Does anyone wear a monocle? No. Then no. I will not see the movie. No, okay. It's not British it's if it doesn't British. have a monocle. No, um, it it has Michael Caine in it. Well Michael Caine's the head honcho. He's pretty British. Alright. And then yep. Colin Firth. Um, in his first he action film favorite. ever, yeah. um, is the kind of the he's the guy recruiting Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton is this young chav um, street kid, basically, yeah. bro. Yeah. Maybe that's why I thought it was like a teen movie. Yeah, yeah. okay. It, honestly, like it is, it's very much, it's very similar to Mark Millar's other stuff. So if you've seen, um, the, yeah, if you've seen Kickass, if mm-hmm. you've seen the movie adaptation of Wanted, which for the record is nothing like the book at all. That no. one with Angelina Jolie. It is. Yeah. Yep. Um, with bending bullets. Yeah, I was like curving bullets, yeah. Which is not in the book. Because it's impossible. Um, but anyway. No, physics so allows it's, it. It's very much the... Uh, <laughs> it's very much Mark Millar's style where it's it's um, very gruesome, very gritty, but mm. also very kind of based in reality, mm. which, uh, which may not be the most accurate thing. But no. yeah, like it's, it's, it's kind of got that real... You, you look at it and you're like, I feel this could actually happen yeah, it's mm. so over the top but it really mm. works for it yeah oh, like yeah. you accept this really over the top stylized universe i mean samuel L. jackson um is yes. his tech genius yes he has, samuel a, L. Jackson, he, was in. he has a lisp um, he has a lisp <laughs> oh, really? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> basically his plan is that um he he can't stand he, the side of blood no nah, he can't so <laughs> yeah. he gives out free sim cards to everybody and these sim worldwide. cards um yeah. worldwide and he, in the sim cards he there's this trigger device that makes everybody go extremely violent, hitting, like trying to kill each other. Hmm. And that's why he wants to wipe mankind of all of its um, impurity and stuff like that. But and the whole time... again, the basically. Whole, imagine hmm. Samuel L. Jackson with a lisp, just not giving just any... Just doesn't care. Yeah, just yeah. doesn't care. Does not care. Um, Which is very against what his portrayed character is in the, in the um, movie as well. Like he's, mm. he's seen to be this great philanthropist that cares about everyone. And then like under the surface, he's like... No, I'm going to wipe out mankind. Oh, so yeah. he's the protagonist. Yeah, no, he, he is the villain. He's yes. antagonist. 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 Um, yeah. But what I like through this film, similar to John Wick, if you've seen it, this film mm. builds a lot of world building through its very minimal um, verbal exposition. You have a lot of visual exposition that yes. really sets yeah. up the world. For example, oh, yeah. you see um, like their headquarters, their suits, their base, everything. It really tells you that, okay, these are posh. Yeah. Spied, see, similar to John yeah. Wick, where you see all these hitmen around, and yeah, um, I think but some yeah, of the. Oh, sorry, you go. Yeah, but it's like you look at that scene with Colin Firth, where he's in the pub talking mm. to the young kid who's trying to recruit, yeah. and like these big thuggy men come over and say, "You know, belong in this pub, get out." So Colin Firth gets up, think he's leaving, he and, he and then he lock, starts locking the door. Mm. And manners, it, manners maketh the man, yeah. <laughs> and then turns around and just kicks all their butts. That's amazing. Yeah, like, you know? just, like pummels them all to the floor. Oh, yeah. Do you know With if an umbrella. this is on any of the streaming services? No, no it's, it's not, not no. unfortunately, but it's well worth, it's on 99 cents rent on Google Play and iTunes right now. Oh, okay. The yeah. sequel's currently out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to get everyone into Yes, it. the fight scenes are, oh man, Matthew Vaughn, he's very similar to Zack Snyder where he knows how to direct an action scene. Yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. like the scene in the church, which is, <sighs> which is crazy violent, yeah. forewarning, <sighs> mm-hmm. but it is... So, so well What's the shot. Rating the cinematography. Really? Yep. Yeah, this definitely isn't a um, teen movie. But it's kind of no. like um, it contrasts like yeah. the stylish with the violence. It's yeah, all yeah, that. Cool. It, well, everything's over the top. That's mm-hmm. the style yeah. it's going for, and it nails it so perfectly. All right, no, I'm mm. excited to watch this. Very, yeah. very good. Um, and so much a, a surprisingly good amount of depth to the characters in the story as well. Yeah. Like mm. it's one thing for a film to be stylish, um, and to be over the top, but you know, 
to have style but not substance is another thing. Mm. Yeah. And it's very well written. So props to Matthew Vaughn and Jane Goldman. The character development of Eggsy, his family, Colin Firth, just everything. It's just it just keeps you hooked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, very much so. great. I mean, Taron Egerton. This he holds his own against heavyweights like Colin Firth and mm. Michael Caine. Does a fantastic job. It's, yeah. I only saw the trailer for the new one when we went to see it. Yeah. Is he uh, Egerton guy? Is he yeah. in the Golden Circle? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So he's, okay. he, he's, he's, the he's the young kid. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the I thought, for some yeah. reason in my head, I thought that was the guy from Hunger Games, but that's a no. story for a different yeah. time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, would highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Yeah, um, totally. Great film. And sequels in cinemas now, so why not? Yeah, why is, not? Is it out already? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it came out no. on Thursday. Went saw it. There you go. Yeah, went saw it. I clearly have just been in like... Next episode. ...marking mode for the last few weeks. All right. Well, that uh, wraps up the past, so we're going to uh, jump forward now and come into the present. And uh, Terrifying, terrifying present. That's right. So, <laughs> what we are discussing this episode is it. Mm. Now, I'm going to take a bit of a backseat on this because I haven't seen this, and I'm going to say I don't... Well, I don't... I don't like horror. Now, I like I've said that before, but I was tempted to see this for one reason and one reason only. It is a Stephen King novel to mm-hmm. begin with, which mm-hmm. means that it started off as a story that was successful, which then got adapted into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, had a miniseries as years well. Ago, and yep. then, yeah, the miniseries yes, beforehand. Now, now, I'm totally fine with reading horror, and the reason I like reading horror is because, and this is probably what I would assume you guys are probably going to talk about a bit, is that when you read horror, you can't just go boo. Like mm. you need to have the, you have that build up exactly. You need to have these mm-hmm. elements, these uh, like these ties, and being able to. Like, to create a horror kind of theme within a book, it needs to be better fleshed out and there needs to be uh, more there for you and, like, hints here and hints there. So, Mm. the fact that this was a Stephen King novel, which then was turned into a movie, I was like, oh, maybe, but I still, like, and I'm fine with this. I don't like watching horror. Okay. So, I haven't seen this, Mm. but by the end of this conversation, you might have convinced me. So, Mm -hmm. what did you guys think? You guys all have seen it. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Yes, I would agree I mean, as well. I mean, I've been saying, I've been saying, you know, oh, it's terrifying. Mm. It's scary. It's scary, but, but it's, it's not, not as scary as you think it's exactly. going to be. Exactly. I, I went in there absolutely petrified. I'm not going to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hate it. And yeah. I walked out and I was like, wasn't that bad? No, exactly. Bad. It was like more. There were some. Yeah, there was, there was some messed up bits. It, in exactly. There. I think that it's not that scary. There's a couple of jump scares here and yeah, there, yeah. but more, it just gets really intense. Like when yeah. this movie decides to turn the switch or yeah. flip the switch, oh. it gets super intense. Yeah. And not like scary intense, just like edge of your seat, like flip, mm. what's going to happen? Zero to 100. Just My, like, oh, yeah. The scariest mm-hmm. bit for me was towards the very- Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. We are a very oh, yeah, spoiler, spoiler yeah. heavy show. Well, mm-hmm. what have I, what are, we've never really clarified that, have we? Oh, we have a couple. <laughs> I, I try to clarify it. <laughs> Let, let's start. Can Is it possible to do anything- Without spoilers, I just to I want to do like a minor yeah. spoiler review and then go into spoilers. I guess I just want to talk about the clown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, well, oh, we know that Pennywise is a clown. The film's yeah. been out for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What have you been doing with your life? Yeah. All right. So, okay. In that case, fair warning, everyone. Moving yeah. forward, spoilers be here. Yes. Yeah. If you want, pause Grr. it. Go watch the movie. Come back and then continue listening. Indeed, <laughs> because so, it's worth it. So yeah, but for me, the the most scariest parts, like right at the beginning when you meet Pennywise for the first time, when the kids chasing the little you mean George. thirty seconds into yeah, 30 the movie. Seconds. Yeah. And it's when he's when he's talking to what's his name Georgie Georgie yeah. Georgie he's talking hey, to Georgie he's talking oh, yeah, to Georgie. he's he's talking oh. to Georgie and yeah. you know he's got the squeaky voice but he's also got that deep grunt that mm-hmm. that still freaks me out but you can tell when Georgie. he's like giggling with Georgie like you, know, you mm-hmm. do like popcorn and all of that mm-hmm. and then you can tell at one point Pennywise he's had enough mm-hmm. he, he just he's, he's he, yeah. he knows what he's here for and he wants mm-hmm. the kid to mm-hmm. eat yeah and it's that 
face and that look that he puts on, just like, I've had enough of talking to you. Mm. Now come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, so freaky, man. Here's the boat. <laughs> Here's the boat. Yeah. Come and get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, um, I reckon let's clarify what it's actually about first. Um, so it, if you don't know what it is about, it's basically follows a group of kids called the Losers Club. Yeah. And they're in this town mm-hmm. called Derry, Maine. And in this year, I Weird think it's name. 1980. <laughs> it's like 83, 84, I think. Maybe? Uh, it's yeah, in the 80s, well, had 89, lethal, maybe. Had Lethal Weapon out because you looked at all the cinemas in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And had, like, yeah. Lethal, lethal Weapon 2 or something. Yeah. 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 Um, and basically, kids start disappearing one by one. And mm. these kids in the group, the Losers Club, encounter this clown. Um, but the clown, he's not like a man dressed up as a clown. He's, um, he's actually, it's actually an entity, it's a monster it's that shape yeah. shifts and takes the form of your biggest fears. With him as a part of it, yeah. yeah with yeah. him as a part, and he likes um he likes being Pennywise the clown or the yeah. dancing clown mm-hmm. is because um as it's explained throughout the film, the more scared the victim is, the better it is for him to eat the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he eats children because basically they he easier, lives off their fear. Well, they're yeah. easier He's, to scare. Adults' fear are more complex. And yeah, for yeah. children, it's more easier just to scare them. Essentially, yeah. uh, one of the funny little narratives that sort of between this is uh. It's basically a bunch of muggles trying yep. to fight a Bogart from Harry Potter yeah. um, without the use of magic. Mm. Uh, that's essentially what there it is. There, there's a genre mashup for you. <laughs> um, a key thing I thought with this film is that I feel like um, most kind of cash grab horror movies, if you will, yeah. um, very low budget, you know, slasher. Not um, this one. No. The, those horror films serve to service the scares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're there to scare you, but this film serves to service the characters of the Losers Club. Yeah. That is what this film is for. And the film spends so much time, I reckon the first hour, really developing this losers group to yeah, the, the point kids where and... you really empathize with them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, terrific actors. You've got, um, you got Finn Wolfhard from Finn Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. You've got yeah. Jaden Libra from Midnight Special. You've got Wylot Olaf who um, played young Peter Quill and yep. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you immediately connect with them. You know, yeah. you, they have this sense of unity within them that you yeah. really can't deny, I'm sure, at all point of our lives. Well, they're too. best friends. You can tell they've been best friends from very young age. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They're because they play together out in the street, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, Except uh, the new kid. The fat kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Jeez, he, he, he was. No, no, he was the fat kid. Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what was his name? Yeah. Um, but regardless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, it spends such a... The script spends such a long time developing these characters. I mean, in the film, um, there's each of the kids have a sequence where Pennywise um, individually like, picks out their fears, out, yeah. targets their fears, and that's how they see um, this Pennywise. That's how he starts luring them, uh, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. The actor, Bill, uh, Bill Skazgar. Oh, let's talk about him, please. Yeah, he, Bill, he Bill Skazgar plays it so yes. hard mm. in the groin. Yes. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. He... Yes. he He's amazing. I I'm can't looking at a photo of him now, and obviously, like Pennywise is covered in makeup, but mm. I didn't actually recognize him. To yeah. Be, yeah. like, I yeah. didn't realize that. And that one of was the reasons him. why he was chosen as Pennywise the Clown is because he can move each of his eyes independently, yeah. which is used throughout a lot of yeah. film. What? So, yeah. yeah, not even kidding. No, it, you see it in the film. It's yeah. crazy. It's kind, That's um, kind of freaky. Yeah. He Pennywise. I think it was very unpredictable, as Andrew was well, saying. His chaos. His chaos. Well, mm. yeah. I would say he's more kind of... I wouldn't say he's kind of chaos or psycho. I'd say he's more no, no, kind no. of... Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like through alignment? Yeah, through alignment. Yeah, okay. In part two, which mm-hmm. is going to come out, mm-hmm. there's got to be an opposing force, yeah, which is like okay. in the books and things of that yeah. nature, but whether they take everything from that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he is chaos. Like he yeah. is the one to breed uh, like that type of fear, that type mm-hmm. of angst yeah. to build yeah. up. Fear taints the meat, yeah. but not in Pennywise. What Pennywise, that nailed as well is he's so otherworldly. And what I mean by that mm. is that he's not Pennywise a clown. He, you get the sense that he is a monster. Yeah. He's an entity, which I think yeah, okay. really differentiates yeah. 
his performance from Tim Curry's who came before him in the miniseries. Yeah. Um, you, you, you can see in the sewer scene when he's talking to Georgie, um, it's raining. There's water. He's drooling. There's water like coming out coming, of his mouth. Coming out of his mouth. Water even splashing on his mouth, and he's not licking or anything. He mm. just he's not bothered Keeps by talking. it because yeah, yeah. that's something what a human would do. Yeah. Know? If yeah. something's bothering you, you'd take the water off your face. And there's a scene um in this house where he's got um one of the kids by the throat who's broken his arm, and he's just going crazy on him. He's shaking his head in all different directions, <laughs> oh, faking yeah. to bite his arm, and he's just drooling in front of him. And mm. fun fact, that actually made that kid actor cry because that was the first time he saw they him. Saw, yeah, that's, that's the first time they it. met they, him. Like, yeah. They were, uh, sorry, they were isolated from Pennywise the Clown in, like, mm. in full makeup and everything yeah. Yeah. for those type of scenes. Yeah. And Bill Skarsgård, he's not fully on board with another, like, yeah. another movie because of the fact that, once again, actors in an isolatory role where they have to they don't have anyone to bounce off or things like that it gets difficult for them yeah it does yeah. and he's he wants to do it but he's like there's got to be a balance i here. think they'll well they're gonna do well, it. well the next movie the, they'll, they'll make it work so so he's working with the kids a bit more because you gotta mm. have them come back yeah oh yeah well that's know, the whole at the end of the movie yeah at but the end um of the movie with the blood oath you know the the only thing the only problem i had with this movie Mm. And it's such a minute problem. I just yeah. I wanted to know more about Pennywise and where he came from, like yeah. more of his backstory. Part two. You promise? Part two. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. I promise. I just yeah. want to know more. Like, why does he mm. value this town, these kids, this mm. place? Why is he so sick? Mm. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Speaking of the town as well, this town is messed up, man. Holy. Well, Holy. I was discussing this with um, John, John. Uh, my co-host on uh, the Nerdsway, mm-hmm. and what we came up with was, and it's probably a common little belief out there mm. but the people in the town like the grown-ups and everything like that they're aware of what's going on they yeah. know about pennywise the clown but the they way to combat fear yeah you yeah. don't talk about it you yeah. pretend it doesn't exist yeah like um the sick guy i can't remember the sick <clears> kid <throat> um, uh, commentary on actual life no <laughs> <laughs> let's just pretend this problem isn't here and it'll go away that's <laughs> how i deal with problems um so <laughs> but, let's just pretend a traumatic event didn't happen anyway go yeah yeah, yeah. It, repression um, yeah. yeah uh the You've- the kid who has a problem with a uh, phobia of dirt and yeah, yeah, muck like and- his mum kind of instilled that into him, yeah. like you know the placebo medication all the stuff. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, that could be like my kid's sick. You know, yeah. he's not. He doesn't. Mm, you know, he's yeah. tainted, if you will. But that mum was weird as well. Like, the oh way yeah, she but spoke they're, to like, the kids, they're all weird. weird. Like they're fa- like the looks, the cinematography in this movie. Was oh, the, the father and the daughter is a whole other story. Oh, no, 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 which no, no. Is See, that, that was the one thing I could like. I, I had could to shield my eyes from that. Like I had to keep pulling my hat down. I was like, I can't watch this. Made me extremely uncomfortable. Yes. But that's the point. Like mm. they they wanted you to feel that because mm. that showed you what Real she had horror. to overcome. Yeah, yeah. She, what she was, in my opinion, Beverly. This is yeah. the bravest of the yeah. losers club. Yeah. She, she the had to one. overcome the real type yeah. of fear, yeah. the real threat yeah. to her, yeah. you know, type of life. Yeah, and she was the first one to say, "I'm not. I'm not afraid of you." Of you. Yeah. Well, that's why Pennywise actually couldn't eat her when he kidnapped her yeah. because she's overcome her fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, but mind you. She was the first one to say it to him, but those kids upstairs after the kid broke his arm, mm. they were the first ones not to show fear. Yes. Well, that, that's yeah. why they showed Pennywise he, he, turned he around stopped, and looked. Yeah. He stopped and looked mm. up and he was like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> so good. Back to the cinematography. Yeah. I love the effects I did on oh. Pennywise. There's specifically, whenever he's kind of moving around um, and when he's about to eat a victim, his head stays perfectly still mm. while his body kind of rotates as if his head's an axis of rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, couple of examples one example when he's um eating one of the or he's about to eat when the balloon pops Mm -hmm. on the screen when he's in the sewer he's about to eat one of those teenage boys yeah um and he's just he's just standing like this just staring at him he's got blood all over his face 
smiles and just runs towards him and his head's just going everywhere all over the screen just yeah. like mm. teeth coming out um it was just it just so well sorry it just added to the atmosphere so yeah, much. yeah. Like, especially the way he danced at the end you know like yeah. everything oh, everything's the, yeah. moving except for his head mm-hmm. yeah, like even the screen's like out. going up yeah. and down but his head's staying perfectly still staring at whoever what you so mean just perfectly like at the end of alice in wonderland with johnny depp doing the dance just like that yeah you just keep taking your back seat, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, That's what came to mind when you said that. It's like his head and he does a dance. But this, I was this, like, what? this was in a creepy way. Yeah, of course. It's of course. terrifying. So, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, ridiculous. The funny yeah. bit because was the, when the, the um, head stays still. I'm assuming head stays still and focuses on you oh, while the rest, you. Yeah. While oh, yeah. the rest of everything else stare. is shifting around it. Yeah, that stare. Just the performance by Bill Sarsgaard. Oh. Honestly, cannot give it enough praise. No, honestly, Oscar worthy. But I the, oh, very close to the, mm. the bit where the the African American kids getting beaten up by the older teenagers, and he looks out into the brush oh, and yeah. sees Pennywise, and mm-hmm. Pennywise is eating oh, that child's arm and like waves it away. Oh, that was so, was sick, so but funny. good. That's right, because I actually cackled at that yeah. part. Oh, yeah. it was so good. Yeah, Gosh, um, that's my type of humor. Finally, what what I'll say as well. <laughs> yeah. The only problem I had with this film is some of the CGI was yeah. a bit off at places. Mm. Yeah, whereabouts? Um, I'd say at the start where Georgie gets his arm. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. that was, I I was off. Um, mm-hmm. And then the whole thing when Pennywise is in this fridge, um, mm. and he, when he comes out the fridge, his body kind of twists around and goes back to its original form. Funny yeah. point and note there. Uh, Bill Skarsgård actually had to contort himself to fit into that fridge. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Um, but look, I, I say it's minute because I can look past it because this film was on a thirty-five million dollar budget. Yeah. Um, so for the amount mm. for the great, nice. like how good this film is, how that well it's is shot, it, very small. Yeah. For, for, but then you look at the amount of CGI that was in it. Wasn't that much? It wasn't. Oh, I think large part. Um, you know, I don't know. Bills. The projector on, did, scene. Wait, sorry. I'm going back to that. Oh, Thirty-five yeah, million dollars. Mm-hmm. Did that include all their marketing budget um, as well? I, I don't assume. I wouldn't say so. Um, I'd say thirty-five million was just for the was just for the production of okay, the film. That's how that's high still, can marketing be? Just a, tie a balloon oh, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. That marketing. Marketing. Job all that type of stuff wouldn't affect me. The only yeah. reason I wanted to see this movie is because Stephen King said he liked it, and he's very harsh with he's his. Lazy, yeah. He's still around. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I, I don't know yeah, much about Stephen yeah. King. How old is he? He's oh. <laughs> old now. Uh, but while well, you look that up, yeah. he, I refer, he's quite harsh. Yeah, with I, his, I refer everything back to Stanley, and Stanley's old. Oh yeah, so, he's younger than Stanley. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I'd say he's around seventy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Stanley's like a billion. 90. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is seventy exactly. Oh, you oh, beauty! He was actually his birthday was four days ago. Oh, oh happy, happy birthday, birthday Stephen King! Stephen King. If you're I, listening, he will be. We love your works. Yes, yes, you're amazing. <laughs> I've not read any of it, but mm. fantastic. Oh, uh, cannot. Yeah, look. Obviously, I mean, I don't watch horror myself particularly a lot. I don't think any of us do, except for not really. The, except for the Adam. guest oh, that's here today. Yes, but I'd <laughs> the say e- the evil yeah. guest. Yeah, the yeah. evil guest. <laughs> it very much stands um, atop all of its competitors because, at the end of the day, it's written extremely well, and the characters here are so relatable and so well written. I think that's really where a lot of horror movies go wrong. Is that they just have? A, I, I would hundred percent. They agree just have you. disposable high school like jocks yeah. or yeah, like. But quite uh, frankly, they are disposable. Oh, yeah. Exactly, they mm-hmm. are they're all the characters. They're two dimensional. These kids, they're but they're what am I? What am I trying to say? They're you know they're buffed out, as in like um. Well, they're, like, they are relatable, relatable yeah, real relatable. people yeah. as opposed yeah. to ah, here is the crew of people and the there's the pretty girl. Like, she's the one like that's that. going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, that, or sorry, she's the one that's going to survive and the rest of them are all going to die. Like, And, it, and yeah. it's just all disposable. You don't get to know any of them because they just die anyway. Mm. Whereas, well, this is the difference. When you have a story that has three-dimensional characters that you care about, this yeah. is exactly what we're talking about with Fury. Yeah. You actually then 
You form care. the emotional exactly. like attachment, the, how everything. they're dying, mm. and the horror and everything. It doesn't just become a oh look, we're seeing how people can die in the most gruesome way possible. I'm curious it's like, to know now. I'm actually caring about what's happening. Definitely, I'm curious to know what was apart from the stuff with Beverly, mm-hmm. all right, Andrew? What was your what was the scene that frightened you the most? Um, I'm I'm gonna have to go back to just the way he spoke, mm. the way Pennywise speaks. It just the it, whole film. It just freaks me out. Like it's the, just like I'm gonna master that yeah. and call you like late at night. Yeah, but I've got your number on my you phone, go. so I just I'm going to call it a private, or I'm just going to stand at your window at night and just be He's like, stand at a payphone. Oh yeah, don't know where I live though. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> that- yeah. Um. Well, nah. We'll keep it. Um. Um. But nah, cannot. I mean, it's a great horror film. Yeah, I'm I agree. Simply like it really good. Go. Um. I'm probably actually. Gonna buy this to be honest. Oh, I wow. actually yeah. really yeah. enjoyed it that yeah. much. This yeah. and Cabin in the Woods. If you listen to yeah. our first episode, mm. great horror films. Yep. Yeah. There you go, Tyson. What was your scariest bit? Yeah. Um. I'll be honest. The uh, the prospect of going to see a horror film. That was. <laughs> no. I'm not a huge fan of clowns. Yeah. So that that was your fear walking in. Yeah. Most of it, like uh, the, probably the worst part for me is when um uh, he's in that room or with all those clowns. Yeah. I yeah, had to. Was, I, I was not looking. I was not looking at the screen for now, that. Now I swear to God that scene. If you look on one of the walls, yeah, one mm. one of the mannequins has the Tim Curry. <gasps> yeah, really? Wait, wait, really. Was it one of the mannequins, or was it one of the pictures? I nah, thought it was one of the pictures. Oh, it could be pictures and mannequins. But yeah, really? one of them is dressed in the exact Tim Curry. Yeah, you're gonna have costume. to go there and just watch it you again. Can, you can't go there. No, oh, I can't. <laughs> Interdimensional travel, son. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so, so, recommended to totally. Yes, must watch. That yes. was it. Mm-hmm. Go watch all right. it. Well, maybe I'll uh, I'll have to get it and I will go watch it. With watch you. it with all the lights on and all the oh, windows yeah. open. We will come in the middle of the day. I'll say soothing oh, things oh, to you. George. Oh, I, I, honest, I'm not that nice. Boat you have. Anyway, <laughs> Do you want all right. Back? Well, shall we get in the get the, the time machine and head into the future? Yeah, I think we should. Let's do it. All right. Well, uh, considering I was just a bit silent, then I'm going to start this off. I want to talk about the shape of water, which is Guillermo del Toro's new. Film coming mm. out. What's it about? Yes. Okay, so it's about basically it centers on um a a mute mm. uh main character, Sally Hawkins. Mm. Well it's it's Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer are kind of they're two cleaners and yep. Cold War era they Cleaners as in cleaning rooms? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. they, they just okay. clean out labs and things like that. Um and basically Sally Hawkins, who as I said she's mute, so she communicates only through sign language. Um and uh, sorry, yeah, and so she basically at one point is in this lab, and she discovers where that, she works. Well, sorry, yeah, sorry, she they're cleaning out labs, yep. Mm-hmm. And um, she's in this lab, and she discovers that in this like water tank is like this humanoid-looking um water creature, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think <laughs> now. This noise over. <laughs> now this is <laughs> think Abe Sapien from Hellboy, which is also yeah, yeah, Guillermo del Toro. Well, it's now, actually played by the same actor. Well, yes, exactly. Really? Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, well, he's he's just an incredible um, Doug Jones. He, Can you show me what it looks like? He's um, he's just yeah. very good. He's a very good um, character actor. Yeah, thank you. Like a, a mov- actor? movement actor. Oh, basically. okay. Right. He so also like played and he's and he was yep, exactly. He um was the fawn in Pan's Labyrinth. He was yeah. also the movement actor for oh. the Silver Surfer. All those kind of huh. like I need a body to actually move mm. a lot. He's very very good at that. He's very He'd be um, fantastic at interpretive dance. Well, he's he, 
he has very emotional kind of movement. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. as opposed well, if you ever kind of like film someone in a costume, you realize they don't actually move a whole lot, and you need to actually accentuate. Anyway, she's, mm-hmm. he's very good at that. So yeah, he plays um this um amphibian man, and so yeah, Sally Hawkins basically because this creature is in a tank, she can communicate with him through sign language, and it's it it kind of centers this idea that this amphibian man doesn't realize that she is, quote, her words, incomplete. Mm. Um, and so they kind of, like, develop this relationship and mm. then they... Um, turns out they're not being the greatest towards him and they're torturing The company him and, is Ma- yeah, Michael yeah. Shannon. Yeah, Michael Shannon plays, like, the, the main antagonist. And so um, they try and... Well, they do break him out. And I didn't actually realise this until I was watching the second trailer because the first mm. trailer that was released yeah. just kind of sets up the premise of the film yeah. and there's mm-hmm. this water man and mm. she kind of develops this weird relationship and it's yeah. and it's left that, you know, oh, we need to kind of help him. Yeah. And then the second trailer comes out and straight away it's revealed, yeah, they get him out. Yeah. Like, yeah. and the main... Kind of, doesn't that kind of spoil the... Well, then it will changes the conflict from being we're trying to get this thing out to now how do we make sure that we keep it safe and ourselves safe and kind of oh so no, that's not the so do that's you... not the end essentially of the movie no okay, no so right, the, right, that, right. exactly that kind of like sets a... up Batman vs Superman Batman vs yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. so, does, so does, does, the water cre- does the water creature in the mute <laughs> well yeah that's the kind uh, of so I'll, I'll give yeah. you the, I'll, I'll read this part here so it says content it says an an otherworldly fairy tale set against the backdrop of Cold War era America circa 1962. In the hidden high-security government laboratory where she works, lonely Eliza, which is played by Sally Hawkins, is trapped in a life of isolation. Eliza's life cha- is changed forever when she and a co-worker, co-worker Zelda, who is played by Octavia Spencer, awesome discover name. a secret classified experiment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I'll i be honest. Guillermo del Toro is one of those writers-directors who it doesn't matter what he brings out. I'm going to go mm. and see it. Yeah. One thing that I was thinking about, though, when we were talking about it and just kind of this idea of horror and that is um, Guillermo del Toro loves monsters. Like, he said mm, yeah, that. He and does, yeah. This film actually took out the top award at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Cannes Film Festival, yes. Um, and he, it's kind of his, he describes it as his love letter to Hollywood. Hmm. And one thing I love about it, as he said, that he loves monsters and he loves dealing with those kind of things. I like the fact that he takes monsters not in a horror mo- film. Yeah. So he like he puts he puts them as heroes. He puts like, you know, Hellboy yeah. and Abe Sapien. And obviously they're not his characters, but he did help write that script. Mm-hmm. Um and he and you take like the fawn in Pan's Labyrinth, in fact all of Pan's Labyrinth, which is Oh, it's one of my favourite fantasy movies of all time. It's <laughs> so, so good. So, so good. Highly recommend it. Um but yeah he takes these monsters and he puts them as these positive roles and I really, really like that he he does it. It's very imaginative. Yeah. Um, he has great visual kind of direction and the costume design that gets involved is just brilliant. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. I think it looks really good. The fact that it's it took out the top ward at Cairns as yeah. well is just made me feel even better about it. One one thing to put in a bit of perspective, um uh, Andrew and I, well actually and Zach as well, I don't know about you, Adam, but uh, we like listening to Kevin Smith, who is yeah. obviously um Violet Bob. Mm-hmm. Think about it. And he, uh, upon seeing this film, tweeted, it makes me ashamed to call myself a director. Yes. After seeing wow. this. He said it shot amazingly. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. Even from the trailer, it looks so it's, beautiful. Yeah. The tracking shots. Cinematography. Or just... even the visual aesthetics of the film, that yeah. very heavy 1950s um, Cold War laboratory aesthetic. Yes. Mm. The way very they noir dressed, as well. Very noir. The way they dressed, um, the way like apartment wallpaper is designed. Yeah. It just oh, fantastic. Looked, 
Mm, yeah, no, I'm completely with you, Tyson. I actually very, very can't good. wait I'm for this. Very excited. I think I'm this. in the bag. I want to see this. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, it's what, 86 or 89 Metacritic right now? Um, oh. It is it, a 87 right okay. now. It hasn't even come out yet. It started at a yeah. 97 when it originally debuted at um, Cairns. Mm. Um, yeah. But then, obviously, more reviews have come out. It's obviously taken... And yeah. not, it's look, expected to come out 25th of January for Australia. Exactly, it's true. There's always going to be one person, mm. but I've got a problem. I mean, yeah. of course, film festivals love it because I'm sure it's arty and experimental. Yeah. So. yeah. But also, I mean, arty and experimental doesn't necessarily mean it's going to, as we, we can discuss with your future that's coming out. But, uh, yes, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily know, but I feel like no wonder it got critical acclaim at Cannes. Because yeah. film festivals love... like They, they, they love something well, different. For example, yeah. Todd Haynes, they love his films. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. All right, very good. So, yeah, Shape of Water by oh, Guillermo del Toro. Check that out. There you go. Very much. All right, Andrew, what have we got well, coming up for the future for you? As always, I'm heading back into the Marvel, yeah. <laughs> the Marvel universe. God bless as always. you for doing it. Yeah, that would be me. We're looking at the Punisher Netflix mm. TV series. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the second trailer has come out. Mm. I'm yep. really, I'm excited for this. I'm yeah. in the bag all the way, but yep. I still don't really know what's going on. Mm. Okay. Well, no, why don't you again, just in case someone doesn't know about the Punisher, yep. what what is who is the Punisher? The Punisher is a man called Frank Castle, and uh, after his family is murdered, Frank Castle becomes a vigilante known as the Punisher, who aims to fight crime by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. He was, of course, introduced in season two of Daredevil. Yes, yeah. in season two of Daredevil. Now, John Bernthal has come out and said. Season two of Daredevil with the Punisher, you've only seen 25% of who the Punisher is. Mm-hmm. In, wow. in that, he has a mission, mm-hmm. he's focused, and that's what he's after. Do we know in what timeline it's set? Is this it's after, 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 or after, 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 okay, after cool. Daredevil season yep, two? Because he gets away. Cause it, oh, no, no. Is that, Frank no, Castle just, is dead. Because mm-hmm. that was written in the Pre Defenders or Post Defenders? I would assume. I think it's actually defenders. happening at the same time. I'm going to say it's oh, happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah, same time. Well, no, it can't be happening at the same time because Karen Page is in Punisher. Yes, the producers came out saying oh, at the same time, so she—that's why she's bouncing. She, she's bouncing around. She's bouncing around. Gotcha. Ah, okay, yeah, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, but yeah, no, I—I I still don't really know what's going to be happening in mm-hmm. this series, and I know Micro is going to be introduced. Micro is his oh, oracle. Uh, his oracle, like his 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 helper, mm-hmm. gets gets him all his weapons, all his yeah. tools, all okay. his interesting things that he uses mm-hmm. but yeah. he, he kind of doesn't really care too much about micro he's like you have a purpose to give me what i need and then it mm. like okay the punish doesn't care about pretty much anybody exactly mm-hmm. you know so but he's chaotic good incarnate yeah it looks like it's going to be oh, yeah. everything that we want the punisher to be violent glory dude yeah. good this, with a gun mm-hmm. man, this looks so intense like if you watch yeah, the trailer oh, and, he's, this, oh and he's goodness. shooting those bad guys it's very john wicky mm-hmm. you know he's not shooting a bad guy with a gun straight he's got on a bit of an angle mm-hmm. flips to the also that, angle to shoot that someone that else scene where he's like the guy's hiding behind the pillar and he's just like advancing on the pillar just yeah. like doing the great john Berthold scream like, yeah even nice. the start of it how you've got these these shots of his family and yeah they've contrasted it with him alone yeah like he's playing yeah. guitar kid Next shot, mm-hmm. him alone. And then there's a shot of his wife. He's like, oh, we could spend so much time to get out of your home. She yep. gets up and then there's this guy in the balaclava there just shoots her straight in the face. I'm yeah. like, flip. Wow, that's intense. That? It's obviously yeah. I haven't seen any of the trailers that he's it. having. Mm. I haven't seen any of the trailers. Yeah, yeah, PTSD and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, I love the Punisher character. I think I yeah. mentioned this on here before. The fact that he's just very black and white. Like, yeah. he's very much like, oh, you're a bad guy? Dead. Mm. Well, yep. this, this, this was my problem with what... John Bernthal said about you've only seen 25% of the Punisher mm-hmm. and there's still all this other stuff that we need to explore about him. To be honest, 
that 25% that he portrayed in Dead Elves Season 2, that's the Punisher. There's no, there's nothing else yeah. to him. Like, you look at the Civil War series in the comic books. Yeah. Those two bad guys walk in. He doesn't even blink. Boom. Takes them out. He's yeah. like, they're bad guys. They can't join us. Mm. Such a great scene. It's it, that, that is very much the... Um, epitome. The epitome. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Of who the Punisher is. Like, in yeah. very quick recap, there two bad guys walk into the room and Captain America's like, oh, we're going to try and hire some bad guys because the other side's doing it and, you know, we're getting kind of crushed. And Frank Castle just gets up and just, like, kills them yeah. across the table. And Captain yeah. America's like, you're a psycho. He's like, they're bad guys. Yeah. It's just, like, straight like that. They're, they're murderers. Mm, so they can't be here. Yeah. You know? And it's that kind yeah. of... Yeah, that, that kind of idea. No yeah, exactly. That just yeah. very plain justice. It's like, you're a bad guy. That's it. Gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I understand Frank Castle probably had a heart. He probably had feelings. Which I feel like this show will explore. Yeah. No, but, no, no. but now that his family's mm-hmm. gone, that's gone. Mm-hmm. He's You're either good or you're bad. There's no come back from yeah. this which you saw in Daredevil season 2 with Grotto mm-hmm. yeah. you know he's like he killed someone he's like yeah but let him go to jail no <laughs> he's gone yeah. he's, I'm taking him out yeah this, uh, no I'm I'm very excited to see how this pans out as well yeah. and like that still of him with the light shining over him with the big skull on his chest yeah. with the bulletproof vest it's just Punisher from top to bottom mm-hmm. with, the, yep. with the busted up nose the rolled mm-hmm. up sleeves the yep. gun in the hand yep. brilliant acting as well yeah oh great oh, acting mm-hmm. so good so good. Yeah. I think he's probably the best iteration. Punisher. Iteration Your choice. Of the Punisher mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. far. And Frank Castle. Yeah, I'd agree with that. As a person. So, yep, yeah, I really, I cannot wait for this. Mm. And it actually comes out in three weeks. Is it, it really? Is yeah. it, weeks. Is it confirmed Soon. for October 13th? Yes. Or it is? Yeah, I saw it the other day written somewhere. Hmm. Somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember where it was. I see so much information. It's like an Checking influx. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nice. All right. It's... Not Who's that next? All. I think I might go next. Yep. Yes. Do it. All right. So before you, I'm going to do um, a film called The Disaster Artist for My Future. Oof. Have you heard of this? I have heard of this. Yeah. All right, Tyson, um, before you sledge me. Um, so no, no, no. I'm not going to sledge, sledge yeah. you. Um, okay. So this is a film. Oh, is um, this the... Um... Oh, hi, Mark. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so this is directed by James Franco. Yes. Yep. Um, it also stars James Franco. Really? Dave Franco. Uh, wait, wait. Um, Alison Brie. And basically, this film is a behind-the-scenes look at the making of the film called The Room. Now, it's quite um, well, coincidental. It's based off a book. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, so, the book. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, wow. One, oh, sorry. You go on. Yeah. Because um, The Room is this kind of... Um, it's, like, horrendously bad, almost like Hudson Hawk, but it's... As, you take um, that yeah. back. You it's how dare you bad. consider um, the room next to Hudson Hawk? But um, the room is atrocious. But the room has acquired such a cult following. Yeah, because of how years. bad it is. Because mm-hmm. of how bad it's in this state where it's like it's the worst movie of all time. But, but it's, it's so, so good to watch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, but have you guys actually seen the room? Yes, I have. It's no. hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny. It's okay. So- it's funny because I, how bad it is. No, like, okay. Adam shakes his head violently. No, I no, no, cannot no. stand it. Like, I put it this way. I haven't seen it because I went to a film festival once. Um, that at me? Oh, this is, it, was, it was an anime film festival. I didn't think you wanted to go. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, that, that's right. Friendship I, over. <laughs> anyway, so I was there and it was at Luna in Leaderville and they played the trailer for this mm. at the start of every single movie that like, we watched. The Room or The Disaster? The artist. Room. And so, like, the amount... Like, the first time it came on, like, everyone in the room was kind of like, that looks weird and odd. And then it came on again. We're like, okay, this one again. And it came on a third time. There were audible groans. And people were just like, this looks so bad. And the thing is, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. 
Okay, that here, is, that is here's legit, where yeah. I take issue with this movie. Like, you take something like Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is generally regarded as the worst film ever made. That was a movie that was... It wasn't really trying to be serious. Like, it, they had a low budget. They were like, we're mm. going to make a sci-fi on a low budget. So, it's like... And a, it was terrible. It's like a Kevin this, Smith movie. Well, this one... No. No. This but he one, doesn't take it seriously. This no. one attempted to be very serious. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. God. This attempted to be, like, <laughs> his ultimate... Writing, directing, starring by yeah. him, magnum opus. This was his thing, and it is awful. Which is what the disaster artist completely explores. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's why it's this a, movie is yeah. so exciting. It's a comedy, also, but a drama and yep. biography. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's really interesting about this is this has made its way through film festival circuits. Um, mm-hmm. For example, South by Southwest and Toronto International. And to my surprise, I didn't think it was going to be that good because James Franco was directing. He hasn't got a great track record. With directing, nope. mm-hmm. um, you see, James James Frank is always jumping from one well, thing to another. I reckon he's like the resident workaholic of Hollywood. He's yeah, no, like, he was a, he was, what, he was an art professor at one point, and then he was yeah. going to be in a soap opera, and yeah. then yeah. he was going to. Mm-hmm. But now he's like, got that new C, uh, series out on HBO, The Deuce. Yeah, The Deuce, which I have no idea what's about. <gasps> yeah. To be true, I got James and Frank mixed up when you were talking about directing and everything like that. So I was thinking Frank. Um, James Franco. What's his brother's name? Dave. Dave Franco. Dave Franco. Sorry, I got yes. those two mixed up. Um, Sorry, Frank Franco. Basically, wow. his parents hated him. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, keep going. But um, this film is currently sitting on a seventy-seven Metascore, um, <laughs> and it's also eight point one on IMDb user score. So that's the audience mm-hmm. there, and it's currently on ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Ninety-four. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so it's gone up since our last research. So, wait, but, so this is good or bad? Well, yeah. according to critics and audience, they're really enjoying it. Yeah. Wow. Um, so this is why I'm interested to see it. I mean, I've mm. watched the trail, I'm not going to lie. It made me laugh quite a few times. <laughs> Just because I feel like James Franco looks like he's doing a great performance. I mean, yeah. some people even said that Rivals is 127 hours performance. But that's just their opinions. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked mm. to see this. I can't wait. I mean, I have watched The Room. I loved it because of how so bad it is. I can't <laughs> believe you liked it. Like, no, I like it because it's bad. <laughs> I like it because it's bad. Like, it's I an. Feel enter- it's not a good enough. Anyway, no, keep going. It, sorry, it, it keep is going. an entertaining yeah. watch. Like, I'm not gonna watch it repeatedly. Yeah. Like, I watched it for a laugh, and that is what I got. I got so a great how many, laugh. How many times have you seen it? I've only seen it once. Okay. All right. But that's why enough. he was saying it has. I'll that, let you off the- <laughs> That's why he's saying it has that cult following of yeah. it being such a bad movie. That's why people watch it. They want to like, see how bad it is. Yeah. I had one person claim to me once they were like oh have you seen The Room it's like the new Rocky Horror Picture Show and I was like <laughs> what how dare wow. you stand up you take- and, and they're like exit. no because you're like you know you take along this stuff and you like throw stuff at the screen I was like Walk out yeah, of no room. and I was yeah, like you I feel that you're just <laughs> people actually no, like I wanted to hit them anyway <laughs> um, but, look- but if you're listening to this and you're that person don't hold it against him yeah. you're just a terrible human being um- <laughs> Well, look, the, the room is 14 years old now. It is, so it is 2013. Anyway, keep going. But yeah, look, look. I, look, yeah, that's my future. I'm I'm excited to go see it. It comes out in December. Or no, November, actually, for Australia, November 20th. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's um, just around the corner. If you want to <laughs> watch a film, like go and... I, I went into the film knowing that it was bad. Do not go into this film expecting a masterpiece in filmmaking. Yeah, no. Like, this film is horrendously bad. It is not Lord of the Rings. Well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I will tell you now, it is like one of the worst films ever. But go into it expecting... Like, it's so bad that it is going to make you laugh. Like, you are going to... Be entertained at how bad the acting, the writing, the quality of filmmaking is in this film. And that's what's so entertaining so about it. So, the parts that make up a film, all of them are bad. Oh, it's horrendous. Wow. Like, but it's just, it's yeah. so funny how bad it is. So, but the disaster artist, as I've, I've heard the same thing as you, yeah. like, I've heard mm. people go, like, this was a ter- like, this is, like, the documentary, well, not the documentary, sorry, but this kind of, like, doc- docudrama, mm. almost, of 
uh, that's not even the right word, sorry, but this biographical look of like how this how this terrible movie was made and how it was like it was terrible for everyone on the outside as well, not just mm-hmm. like everyone on the inside, everyone everyone except Steve Wissow, the guy who wrote and directed and starred in it. Yeah. Everyone thought it was bad, mm-hmm. and yet it's still just kind of Tommy Wiseau. Oh, sorry, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, my bad. Um, he like everyone thought it was bad, and it's kind of this look of like it still got put together and it still got made, and everyone knows that it was so bad. How did this kind of perfect storm come together? Yeah, and yeah, it, it's based off it's based off the book of one of the guys who. Uh, so Dave Franco's character. Oh, Greg. What is it, Greg Sinestro or something? Yeah. Like that, so yeah. it's it's his book. Yeah. As in the actual. The actual person. It's yeah. his book about... So, one of the actors in the room. Yeah, it was it was about how he knew Tommy Wiseau and how this all kind of came together and how he was, like, there for the whole thing mm-hmm. and what his experience with the whole thing. Yeah. Now, look, I've heard that this movie is great. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I also it find it kind of yeah. ironic, the fact yeah. that this biographical movie could be doing better than the movie that it's... Based on, out. yes. <laughs> um, interesting. Interesting fact as well. Tommy Wiseau actually gave his life rights to James Franco for him to do this movie. Wow. Wow. Yeah. There you, you go. go. Yeah, so definitely had a lot of trust in his vision. Anyway, yeah. that's the disaster artist. There yeah. you go. There you go. And that one, yeah, that one. When did you say it was coming out? November. November 20th in Australia. In America, I believe it's around December. Um, okay. Limited okay. release December 1st, maybe December 8th. It's what? Um, worldwide. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. as in like, yeah, worldwide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Australia. Okay. Is, cool. Okay. Nice. All right, and Adam, what have you got for us coming out in the future? Well, firstly, I must say, Tyson, uh, thank you for introducing me to this uh, world we're about to delve into, you horrible, Ah, horrible human being, because Uh I have loved uh, this book. It's a TV series that's about to come out in 2018 called Good Omens, uh, based... You're just shaking your head at me. I I know nothing of this. This is your friend. This is your best friend. Yep. And... (laughs) Wow. Now, it is yeah, it is based off a book. The book is written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Uh, conjoined, two, conjoined. two massive names, yep. but yeah. when they wrote it, they weren't. No. Okay. Okay. So, but, so and this is like it is one of my favorite books. It's top 5 for me of all time. Yeah. It's hilarious. So like I said, I was uh, before the podcast started, I was listening to it again last night to it again, wow. on um audiobook. Um, it is amazing. So, yeah. Good Omens is based around the premise of the end times, right? Uh, but it's no done- wonder why you like. It. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, a- you get straight away. You're thrown into my favorite line in the entire series in the book, yeah. and I really hope they put this in there. Is uh, two demons lurking in a graveyard, <laughs> and there's a commentary throughout the yeah. uh, like the entire book. Essentially, yeah. it says. Uh, if these, uh, if Bruce Springsteen released an album called Bur- Born to Lurk, these two would be on the cover of that album. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the entire book. Um, so what, what is the exact premise yeah. of the story? Let's yeah, premise. So Antichrist is born. Right? <laughs> and I know nice exactly where this is going. Boom, Antichrist is born. Um, but uh, you might not actually. Yeah, okay. um, so the Antichrist is born and a demon is assigned to make a, a, deliver him to a church which is ran by a bunch of satanic nuns. Oh, fantastic. Called the Nuns of the Chattering Order. Um, <laughs> which all they have to do to be a satanist is talk. <laughs> Constantly and unendingly. Uh, it is hilarious, right? So they've got, uh, they have this uh, area. Uh, so the demon pulls up with this baby in a bassinet. Yeah. And uh, he delivers it to this woman who's constantly talking and the demon's yeah. just like, that's it. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. uh, gets the baby, so she goes to make a switch. However, yeah. chaos ensues as it normally does. Yeah. And the baby ends up with the wrong family. A normal family. <laughs> so the Antichrist, i.e. Adam, is raised as a normal individual. Oh, so, no. And they've lost him. Yeah. They don't the, know. The demons that, do not yeah. know where he is. No, no one knows where he is. Is this coming out on Netflix? 
Um, I don't I, think so. I don't no, no, it is, uh, no. No, it's not coming out on Netflix. I have a feeling it's actually BBC. It is BBC. Um, I think so, yeah. Yes. Oh, no, it is definitely BBC. Who's, Two actors, who's so. starring in it? Okay, so we have... Um, there hasn't been all the staff hasn't been cast yet. Yeah. Uh, however, the two which I love is... The main characters. Azrafel and Crowley. Okay. okay. So they're the, the angel and demon, respectively. Yeah. Azrafel is the angel. Uh, and he's played by Michael Sheen. Mm. Uh, yeah, for those who don't mm-hmm. know, he plays a Lucius in Underworld, um, which is, you know, he plays a good role in that. Very, yeah. very heavy hitting. Uh, and he plays Arthur, the robot and passengers. Yeah, mm. gotcha. Gotcha, um, gotcha. And gotcha. Crowley, and they nailed the head on this. Mm. Crowley so, is played, yeah, sorry. No, no, keep going, sorry. Uh, Crowley is played by David Tennant. Mm. And there has been a couple of images which have been released of these two in costume. Yeah. And it is exactly how I've imagined it. It is amazing. Really? It's actually not how I imagined it. Really? I imagined yeah. Crowley exactly. As Crow- I didn't, but Crowley, like, that's how I pictured it. Similar-ish him. to what I was thinking, but not exactly. Um, go. I'm going to cut in just for a little bit. So yeah. basically, the, the so Azrafel and Crowley, who are the... Um, angel and demon. Azrafel is the angel. Crowley is the demon. They are basically... Um, they're best friends. They're frenemies. Because, well, they're frenemies. That's right, yeah. Because uh, Azrafel was originally one of the angels that was guarding the... Eden. Guarding Eden, and then Crowley was the demon which was sent as the serpent the to tempt him. And they've been the, the premise is that they've been on Earth since 6, the beginning, years. Mm-hmm. and they are the longest living people on Earth because everyone else obviously lives and dies. Mm. And so, just by virtue of the fact that they are the ones who've been around the longest, they kind of they meet up and they have coffee. And Azrafel owns a bookshop, and Crowley is just really interested in gadgets and that. No, and no, then he's interested in houseplants. Oh, how, yep, they yeah. Well, he's, he's got a gadgety thing as well, I think. But anyway, um, so yeah, then... He the, threatened, yeah, so the premise comes along that, oh, well, the end of the world's coming up, and neither of them really want that. They quite enjoy living here. They do. They, li- they like living on Earth. The whole premise of this book is the, the nature of mankind. Yeah. It's very heavily touted throughout the book hmm. that people are born neither good nor evil. Yeah. Humans have the capacity to show more wickedness than hell yeah. and more grace than heaven can ever dream of. Huh. Mainly by the same person. Um, <laughs> it's a, a, it's a fantastic book written by two legends, essentially, with such humor and hard hitting notions, like thoughts that come, like that you will get from reading the book in itself. I can only, ma- I'm really hoping that uh, they can transfer this over because mm. Neil Gaiman yeah. is actually uh, the showrunner. Oh wow! There you oh, go. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's so awesome. it's actually really, that. really good. Well, I think it's in safe hands then. Exactly. Mm. Um, Michael Rolfe is the series production, and mm. he's from Red Dwarf yeah, and okay. Primeval. Really? Yeah, oh, I love Red Dwarf. Um, and there's a couple of interesting. So obviously, with Terry Pratchett not being around anymore, yep. uh, yeah. they have uh, who was it? Uh, Rob uh, Rob Wilkins, Rob who was his former assistant, yeah. and has like a, like a lot of his notes and everything like yeah. that. So he's kind of standing in for Terry Pratchett in the yeah. creator of this, and he's also a serial, a series producer. Uh, under Neil Gaiman and things like that. That's that's mm, really good because that means they can more or less they can kind of do what they want. Exactly, because mm, it's a unified the front. Yeah, yeah. I, like I'm really happy. And with if how one this of goes. the authors is the showrunner, mm-hmm. this is one of those with the books that, that has been it's yeah. been attempted to be made into a a series a or film. a movie mm-hmm. for ever. Okay. Yeah, like, definitely. Because it's even though it like even though they are now Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. They weren't when they wrote it, but it was still, like, this weird runaway success. Mm -hmm. It's still, like, there's still people who buy, like, copy after copy because they have one that's theirs and they have another one they lend out to people. And it's, like, honestly, it's one of the best. I I will agree with you, Adam. It Mm -hmm. is one of the best books I've ever written. It is so outrageously. Sorry, ever read. (laughs) It is so outrageously funny. Mm -hmm. And the fact they're turning it into a TV series, I 
hundred percent on board. I'm I'm so excited for I'm, this as well. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, so am I. I'm definitely intrigued. David Tennant as Crowley. I see it. Like oh, I can perfect. definitely see it. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. As Raphael, I thought of something different. Yeah. but I'm still happy with Michael Sheen. <laughs> Who do you think of? Me? Oh, that's a tough one, eh? Ooh, I mean, I see someone casting. a bit taller. Um, like I see someone almost taller than Crowley because Crowley. Uh, I just I don't know. Yeah, I always pictured him as a being a bit shorter. Yeah, as well. yeah, I did. <laughs> I saw him. You know Crowley off Supernatural, who incidentally is actually based off this Crowley. Um, I, did, I don't watch Supernatural. No, okay. Well, there you go. A bit of fanfic for you. Uh, not fanfic, a <laughs> trivia for you. But anyway, um, as Raphael, I would have cast. I would have cast Sheldon. Uh, Sheldon, uh, the guy, uh, Jim Parsons. Oh, from Big Bang. Really? Yep, totally. Interesting. That, I would is, cast, that is very interesting. Because Azrafel is touted as being uh, very neat, very proper, manicured hands and yeah. perfectly poised. And he does have a bit of a mm-hmm. odd oddity to him as well. Yep. There, yeah. There's a great line at the start of the book where these, these two demons, they're like, I put, you know, the thought of... Um, oh, that Crowley. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're like, you know, oh, I put the thought of, um, you know, lust into this person's the priest mind and, and, yeah. and he, will will, be ours. he will be ours in 30 years and so on and so mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, what did you do, Crowley? He's like... I tied up the phone lines for half an hour. <laughs> and, it- and they're like, that doesn't do anything. He's like, and he's like, they don't get it because it's the frustration. And, it, and like, it's and, like the yeah. echoing effect. Yeah, yeah. And then the, <laughs> the seeds of the evil has its seeds of own destruction where Hastor yeah. uh, kills all those phone operators. Yeah. Uh, and oh that creates a wave of positivity, which essentially helps end the end of the world. It's, so, it's <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny. I really, really hope they translate it well onto screen. I think with Neil Gaiman and the showrunner, they will. Mm. Yeah, I also, I think it's so, I think I- Oh, by the way, Neil, uh, just so everyone yep. listening, Neil Gaiman, uh, a relatively famous author, not relatively, he's massively famous. Yeah. Uh, he's written such thing as American Gods, which is AMC, I think. Which uh, is currently no, that's, um, Amazon. Amazon? No, it's not by, it's not by, well, it's Amazon Prime exclusive, but I'm trying to pick my head. It's Stars Original. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, okay, stars. Yeah. Um, so that's quite, uh, you know, that's quite interesting show. Nowadays. And we, yeah. we said this last week as well when um, when we talked about Stardust. It's so funny when you look at, if anyone ever, again, if you ever pick up Neverwhere, which was like a BBC show by Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. the, like the production value is through the floor. Like it is nothing at mm-hmm. all. And it's now he's so well known that they are um, making these big good omens. Do you know what I would love to see? Yeah. I'd love to see them remake Neverwhere as a TV series. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. That is, that would be... Well, let's just get just, through Good uh, Omens first, because uh, they had better name true. this. They better. I hope they've got, like, a commentary over the top of this. Otherwise, we're sending Adam to get you. Oh, yes. I, no, I'm coming for you, Neil. I'm coming for you hard. He is our assassin. <laughs> <laughs> Resident sociopath. Let's get a right, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any last thoughts on uh, Good Omens? I mean, I'm, I'm interested. Mm. Yeah, so am I. I'm definitely intrigued. Read the book. It's only $2 on Audible. $2.99. Read. So, so, well, that's <laughs> why you listen to it. That's why you listen to it. Audible. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we've got time for uh, for this episode. So, um, yep. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank thanks thanks you. for joining us, Adam. Thank yes, you, Adam. Thank you, Adam. Um, you can find us on Twitter at SRTW podcast. Let us know what you thought about it. Let us know what you thought about uh, or what you think about anything coming out. Shape mm. of Water, yep. Punisher, Disaster Artist, yep. and Good Omens. Hit us with Let questions us- as well. Exactly. Yep, Give, us some answer them. Yeah. Give us some uh, some ideas of what you yeah. want us to talk about. Yeah. 
Let us know what you thought about Fury, Kingsman, and Lord of the Rings. And, of course, leave all your positive comments about the legendary yes. film Hudson Hawk and how <laughs> how wonderful you think it is. Oh, and uh, where can they find you, Adam? Um, nowhere. No, no. I don't like to find it easy for the government. <laughs> no, um... Well, Adam's podcast is Surviving the Apocalypse the Nerds Way. Uh, they are also on Twitter. Yep. What's your Twitter uh, The handle? Nerds Way underscore pod. There you go. The Nerds you Way go. underscore And you can follow pod. me at The Voice of Adam. Yes. The Voice of Adam. He wants all your negative comments. Uh, yeah. And Anything, any hate mail, even for yeah. this podcast, you know, I'll take that burden yeah, if, for you guys. If yes. you love the episode, let us know. And if you hate the episode, let Adam know. Uh, yeah. I'll bathe in that negativity. <laughs> you just make me, I feed off your anger. I It'll just become good. more powerful. <laughs> all right. Well, it was uh, lovely to have you all listen. And um, mm. yeah, we will see you next time on Screen Review Time Warp. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Good see you later. later. Bum, 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 bum. Boo, boo.